Wee! Ha <laughs> ha! Sometimes I amaze myself. Good whiskey make jackrabbit slap to bear. An actual line from Hard Target. This is Body Counts and Beer. Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. Guys, I am so excited for this movie. I'm oh, Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. Right, right, This is right. probably the most excited I've been since Desperado, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Possibly. It's been too long to be too excited about a movie. This week, we are discussing uh, John Woo's first American action movie. It's got Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's got Arnold Vosloo. It's got Lance Henriksen, Yancey Butler, and introducing Wilford motherfucking Brimley. What? 1993's Hard... Target! Oh, so good. Guys, it was it was so hard to hit that target. Well, he was always zigging and zagging. Oh, man. Or was the hard target the friends we made along the way? It could have been both. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the zigging, the zagging, and the friendship. So, I guess I don't really want to talk about this movie as much as I want to go down to the Salvation Army and buy a whole bunch of G.I. Joe figures and just smash them together. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Hard Target begins, like all movies do, with a homeless man being hunted in the streets of New Orleans. Yeah, and I... The, yeah, the... We'll, we'll get there. But I have I, I take umbrage with the uh, the rules of this game of death. Sure. Yeah, the rules are strange. Uh, so uh, there's a guy, he's being chased, uh, and he uh, as the opening credits are happening, they're being preceded by giant super arrows fired out of what looks like a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there is always a close-up of the arrow after it has been shot just going through, like, anime action lines. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's like the arrow itself is Naruto running. Yeah. <laughs> That's why no one can stop it. It's too yeah. fast. Arms back. It's more aerodynamic. Correct. Dude. And it's whole metal, too. The tip's metal. The <laughs> shaft is metal. I think the feathers might have been metal on those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's why there's no more Silverhawks left. They were murdered to make those arrows. <laughs> to make those arrows, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this guy, uh, he is hunted all throughout New Orleans, uh, and... He's being like chased by guys on motorcycles yeah. who are acting as yeah. like weird bloodhounds. Well, it looks like they're going by fox hunting rules, where the one who's actually going to do the kill is on like the equivalent of an English horse carriage. That is a shitty convertible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then the bloodhounds, in this case, motorcycle thugs, do most of the work of actually bringing the quarry down. I eat. Kicking him in the face from their motorcycle. Oh, at one point he jumps a chain link fence, and as he's climbing down the other side, the motorcycle does a wheelie and just pushes him off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which That's is hilarious good. because the other motorcycle just goes around the fence. <laughs> yeah. Totally unnecessary. I loved it. So he gets chased uh, to a shack. And uh, just as he gets to the shack, well, the they... guy, yeah, well, the guy who like paid for the hunt is talking to Lance Hendrickson, the guy who presumably set up the hunt. And Lance reminds him of the rules: if he gets to the river, he wins. So he runs out to this little fucking shitty shaky shack in the fucking middle of the goddamn river. His feet touch water. He's at the river. Yes. Uh, and they 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 zoom in on like a little rowboat too. I think he's got to get. 
to the that boat. To the little no, rowboat no, and no, get across no, no, the no, river. No. I think they that's... said to the river. Look, yeah. John, I'm not here to, to to argue with you, but if you're going to put a lot of faith and stock in the words of rich men who hunt <laughs> yeah, other human humans. beings... <laughs> I think yeah. you got some things to work out, buddy. I'm just saying. I think that I think that Mark is right. I think that they will not pursue him past the river. So like Correct. they'll still stand at the shore and shoot at him. But once he gets like in the water and away, they're not going to keep going. Right. I think. So he gets to this little shack. It's immediately blowed up with an arrow. I think. No, nah, I think uh, he uh, falls through the planks. Afrikaner guy yeah. shoots a grenade at it. Right. Van Cleave in the movie. Pick Van, Van Cleave. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, he shoots like a grenade through it. It blows up. He tries to run down the dock. He's gonna make it. He's made it to the river. But then, the, oh no, the dock gives way. And he like crashes through. And then they just pump him full of arrows. Yeah, and then he gets flooded with arrows. And then he falls to his death. Yeah, and then they set him on fire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll find that yeah, out I mean, later. you gotta cover your tracks. Sure. Uh, we then uh, cut to... Uh, a lady pulling into New Orleans, played by Yancey Butler. Her name is Natasha. And she comes to a little house, and she's looking for her dad. Coincidentally, the man who what was just killed. Yeah. I was gonna say. I know, right? <laughs> what a strange turn of events. Right? And uh, it turns out her father was staying at, like, a, a halfway house, or... Yeah, he's homeless, and yeah. so, like, he's in and out of homeless shelters, essentially the thing. But, but yeah, the but old lady, yeah, it's like The a, old lady seemed like a... I think it's like a boarding house. It's yeah, like, like some kind of a room house. and board situation. Because she says, like, oh, he couldn't pay me right away, so he gave me a box of all of his precious photographs. Which, uh, that's not collateral. Nah. My bank would not accept my precious memories if I were to get a loan. Do you think they would, though, maybe? Nah. Ooh, and then they, like, men in black memory wipe you if you don't pay up? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I think we just wrote a sequel uh, to Johnny Mnemonic. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, she goes to this, like, this this very nice flop house run by a very yeah. nice old lady who tells her that, oh, you know, your dad was here, but he left, and he was kind of secretive. You should check this homeless shelter out. So she goes to this, like, sort of homeless shelter outdoor commune type thing, and it's yeah, it looked like part of a mission. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's run by another serviceman uh, who's just like, oh, I recognize him. He was in the armed forces too. He used to come around here, but I ain't seen him in a while. Sorry, no big deal. And she's like, well, do you know where he stays? And he's like, well, he's like most of us out of doors. Yeah. <laughs> so no known address for Mr. Bender. This is also where a quirk of the acting style really comes to light, where everyone delivers their lines as if they're keeping several secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Even Loads though secrets. they're not. No. Yeah, they're also speaking as if they're holding back cum. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly just a uh, Lancey boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, we'll get there too. Oh. I can't wait. So anyway, she goes to the local, uh, we cut to the local diner and we meet the hero of our movie, Chance Boudreau, mm. as played by JCVD himself. Chance. And we're introduced to him with a series of close-ups of all the things that mark him being cool, including the greasiest mullet. Oh, so greasy. Greasy, curly mullet. Mm. Yeah, it's like a permed mullet. Because it's all, it's a weird mullet where it's like slicked back 80s businessmen in the front and like roadie for Def Leppard in the back. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> It's good. I yeah. like it. Van Damme is definitely doing sound check for hysterical. Yeah, yeah hysteria. 
Uh, and then we get his like one earring, a close up of his five o'clock shadow, his sweet leather duster. Oh yeah. And then he he's having an argument with a server who says, uh, "How's the coffee? Not very good." Well, it still costs money. I already paid you. That was for the gumbo. Oh, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's being a smart ass with this waitress or something. Yeah, well, it's, she she's... doesn't need that. It's a very busy diner. She does chuckle at him. Yeah, I, it seems like, because he, he's like a drifter. He's not like a, he's not necessarily homeless, but he's definitely like a drifter who yeah. kind of just breezes in and out of town. When the boats nah, are Ah, but he's part of the union, though, so he's got roots. So but he's in arrears. Yeah. So he's a drifter. Uh, so yeah. I think the thing is what he's doing is he, he tells her that the gumbo was bad and the coffee wasn't very good in the hopes that he gets the meal for free. Because then he says, did I already pull this scam with you? And she goes, yeah, with the gumbo. And he goes, <laughs> oh. And then slides over approximately 73 cents. Yeah. Oh, guys, remember when money used to be worth something? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Just had a little bit of it. Jeez, man. Not even that much. I know. Oh, five dollars? You could live for days. God. I remember my, like, eyes coming out of my skull like a fucking Wiley Coyote cartoon the first time I got twenty dollars oh, for going on. Dollars? One year I my... did not know what to spend this bounty on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bounty bars. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. call. Yeah. Before they rip them off the market. Yep. So, uh, meanwhile, Yancey Butler's Natasha comes in and she calls the old lady again at the house from the payphone to be like, no, she, she foolishly flashes all of her cash yes. and then calls, uh, calls somebody or another. Because she's a big city lady yeah. who's come to another big city. Yeah. <laughs> well, her license plate says Michigan, Michigan. so we know she sucks. <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah, and if John Rooney Taylor's wife listened to this, but she doesn't, I'm no. sure. So that joke is fine. She gets fine. enough of me. Yeah. <laughs> Michigan sucks. It's the Quebec of America. Yeah, you wow. idiots. Yeah. Wow, harsh words for Michigan. <laughs> How are you going to be so mean to the place what gave us RoboCop and Motown? Ooh, I guess this is also as good a time as any to say that one of the executive producers on this feature film is none other than Sam Raimi. Yeah, that's buddy. right. Yeah, he Dearborn's was, uh, favorite son. Uh, <laughs> Sam Raimi was uh, brought on set because the studio didn't think John Woo would be able to handle directing a whole movie. You know, something he'd already done multiple Many times. times. For so like he, a decade. Yeah. Uh, so they had Sam Raimi on set to just kind of like supervise. But Sam Raimi was a huge fan of John Woo's movies. And it was quoted as saying, even if they get 70% John Woo, it will be better than 90% of the directors out there. So he kind of just nice. was there to right. hang out and just like offer assistance when needed. Nice. And uh, get his brother a nice little walk-on cameo. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Yancey heads on out. She's accosted by some street toughs. All street toughs. They got was, jean uh, jackets and switchblades. Yeah, and this was that part in the 90s where it's just like, oof. Oh, the threat of sexual violence oh, is just geez. ever present. Uh, yeah. It is broad daylight as well. Yeah, uh. it's broad daylight directly in front of the very busy diner mm-hmm. in the middle of a street in the French Quarter. Ooh, but there is a cop strike. Right, and there's we a cop strike a, going a on. Robocop style cop That's strike. That's right. Uh, because before this moment, she went to the cops, right? Did we skip that where she no, went? No, no, no. She has she's to go to the cops. To right, the okay, cops. Yeah. yeah. Her path of detecting is a sweet old lady from a house I think I recognize who has no valuable information, a groundskeeper of a mission. I guess the cops next? Right. I guess. 
So uh, these street toughs accost her. One of them gives her a, a, a backhand to the face, and that is enough to bring back Chance Boudron, who... Uh, I'm gonna have to demand that we call him by his brimly stated character Charles. name. Charles. Charles Boudron. Charles. Chance. So Chance arrives, uh, <laughs> and uh, he he gives the goons a little a little needle. Great, they have a oh, good yeah. uh, like uh, standoff where one of the street toughs pulls out a nice switchblade. Uh, Chance parts his duster as if to reveal a nice like like a six shooter. Yeah, yeah, like a peacemaker. Yeah, like he's about to drop. There's Ooh, nothing there. There's nothing there. There's just sweet, sweet Van Dam thigh. Oh, but that's a weapon all its own. That's all he needs as he goes on a kicking spree, <laughs> the likes of which this city has never seen. Yeah, he <laughs> kicks the shit out of these guys. Ooh, so many kicks. He kicks one guy up in the face. One guy jumps up on top of the hood of the car. He sweeps his leg and then as he's falling kicks down onto his chest and slams him into the fucking engine block of a car and then as he's rolling over he throws his feet into the next goon <laughs> yeah. yeah he has a very yeah. foot based combat oh, yeah style. well he's doing a stop kicking your friend stop kicking yeah, your, your friend situation yeah uh, so he dispatches the goons while the NC butler just drives away leaving well, him alone to be fair she does stare at him Oh, You're yeah, right. no, this is the first of the many, many have sex with me looks yeah. that we will get in this movie. Uh, so she... Now, this, this device, this directorial flourish of slow zoom in to an actor with eyes like they're deer caught in headlights while smooth jazz oh, plays. Oh, so smooth. It is not used sparingly. It is, in fact, used all the time. It's almost the whole movie. Oh, yeah. No. Wildly inappropriate. This is also one of my favorite of those is where he he's like, he gives her back her purse and he says, be careful where you uh, show your cat your wallet. And then he walks away in that slow-mo with that smooth jazz <laughs> as the sun is reflecting off a Buick next to him. <laughs> yeah. And it slowly like envelops him in light. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, there are two things that I know for a fact are in every single Jean-Claude Van Damme contract. Section A. Jean-Claude Van Damme's character will be the greatest human being ever achieved. Correct. Number B. (laughs) (laughs) Good old number B. Number B. I've completely forgotten where I was going with this joke. Probably close-up of his butt. Yeah, probably Probably. close-ups of his butt. There's usually a lot of close-ups of his butt. Oh, yeah. Yep. And to be fair, great butt. Fantastic butt. I'm pretty sure he tells us in Friends that he can crack a walnut with his butt cheeks. I think that's true. I believe it is, yeah. Uh, so... Oh, the television program. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was so. just, like, hanging out. No, 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 no. You know that show that's weirdly popular with the kids today? I always forget that one of the main characters has a pet monkey in that show. In, like, Briefly. the first two seasons, yeah. yeah. And then later on, Chandler and Joey have a duck? Yes. That's a baby right. duck? Yes, they do. Yeah. That is correct. Because they had to, to replace the, the dangerous disease-spreading monkey <laughs> yeah. with a duck? Supposedly, the monkey would like eat his monkey food and then vomit it back up and then eat the vomit, and it was just too gross and too much of a mess. Guys, that's how right. monkeys eat. I think it is, but I don't think they thought that through when they were like, let's have a TV show with a little tiny monkey. I mean, they have one stomach, but they eat very complicated food. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Guys, I remembered so part B. Go for it. There has to be a long and pointless explanation as to why Jean-Claude Van Damme's character talks like that. Correct. (laughs) That's right. And that explanation is never, oh, I'm just from Belgium. Nope. Yeah, no. 
in this movie, they mention he grew up in the bayou with his uncle. Yeah, right. End in the of bow. story. <laughs> That's why he talks funny. Like all them people on Duck Dynasty. <laughs> so uh, Yancey Butler goes to the cops. We see the cops are all on strike, just like RoboCop. Just like RoboCop. Uh, she goes in. There's one cop working. She has a tiny cake that she has made for herself. It's her birthday. With one yeah. single candle. She's turning one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's rised very far in the police department. She's a whole detective at one year old. Yeah, she doesn't fuck around. <laughs> right? She gets results, manic. <laughs> this week on NBC, <laughs> Detective Baby. God, if I could just... God damn it, Detective Baby! You blew up a whole city block! <laughs> oh, alright, Detective Baby. <laughs> I'm putting you on paid leave. <laughs> now give me your badge, your gun, and your bottle. <laughs> Sorry, Sergeant. I've been weaning off my baba. It makes it stressful on the streets. <laughs> All right, baby detective. But this is the last warning. Baby detective, you have a bad habit of having your partners die on you. <laughs> it's not my fault you give me the wookies. <laughs> I need someone that can keep up with my street lifestyle. Baby detective, you shit your pants again. I know. (laughs) Guys, if I could be in charge of television for one year. (laughs) Oh, nothing but baby detectives and ghost vigilantes. (laughs) Ooh, and your vampire hunting guy with a spike through the head. Oh yeah, Phineas Gage, Vampire Hunter. (laughs) That does lend itself to a more serialized format. It does. With a couple of goofy one-off episodes where like, he has to go to the fancy ball, but he can't get the hat on over his spike. What's he gonna do? (laughs) (laughs) Put me in charge of television, you cowards. (laughs) Tell me you wouldn't want to see Hugh Laurie with a spike through his head. No, of course I do. I watched the first episode of Avenue 5. It was pretty okay. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I got. I'll give it a shot. I mean, the first episode of Veep is only kind of okay, and it got better as it went on, so I'll give it a shot and see where it goes. Anyways, moving on. She goes to the cop. The cop's like, go away. (laughs) Well, she puts her lit candle cake in her drawer for later. Yes. Leaves it lit. Good stuff. Then she she takes out a blank piece of paper, which is the missing persons form. Correct. Starts to write down uh, Yancey Butler's dad's uh, name. She's pulling a Chief Wiggum. Let me just type it out on my invisible typewriter. (laughs) Yeah, she... She fills out a missing persons form. First, she, but she gives her all kinds of attitude. She's like, well, where does he live? And she's like, well, I think he's homeless. She's like, look, if they're missing, they gotta be missing from somewhere. Yeah. Which, like, yeah, from this current plane yeah. of existence. <laughs> fucking old, like, society. Right? Come on. Uh, she so yeah, she takes down the missing person's information, and, and she just... is a, a remarkable detective because all she gets is the guy's name, uh, what like and her relation, her relation to, him. to him. That's it. That's it. She offer Yancey offers her a picture of this guy, and she's like, "Do you don't you have anything more recent? No, it's the most recent picture I have." Then never mind. Yeah. yeah. Get the fuck out of here. And goddamned if she doesn't find this guy's body. Yeah. yeah. So Yancey Butler leaves. 
uh, but, so the, they, but, they, but the cop does tell her, look, your best bet is to canvas all the, the homeless shelters and find somebody in town who can show you around, because otherwise I'm going to be putting out a missing persons report for you, which Ooh, sounds like a fucking red, threat. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so... But then again, she is a cop, so I get it. Yeah, right. Uh, but then again, she's a rich white lady, so I don't know why the cop is threatening her. Yeah, yeah, but this is New Orleans, and she's You're a right. rich white Yankee. You're right. Those uh, don't count as people, Mark. Good point. Coming down here with her honey crisp apples. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants any Please, of that please. Shit. She's from Michigan. Macintosh. <laughs> <laughs> so so she, uh, she leaves, and she goes to find Chance Boudreaux. Chance Boudron, Chance. who we find at the down at the docks, he's uh, waiting to get called up to do a, a tour on a boat as a longshoreman. Right, because he's trying to get out of this movie and be in The Wire season two. <laughs> Solid uh, though. Yeah, Solid no, it's a season good television. season. Good season. If you're gonna be in one season of The Wire, two is the way to go. Oh, definitely. You got two, one, and three, four, yeah. five. I don't know. They're I mean, not terrible. They're great, but they're not as strong. Yeah. I so, just don't care as much about a newspaper as I do about an elaborate ring of drug dealers. Yeah, the newspaper one is when it really gets into, like, too many metaphors, David Simon. Yep. Yeah. I've never seen The Wire. Oh, so you're anything. missing out, well, man. It's very good. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Season I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, you gotta watch The Wire, but, like, you should probably watch The no, Wire. No, I know I want to yeah. watch The Wire, but, like, at the same time... Well, it, it is a lot of television. It is yeah, five so seasons much. of television. <laughs> However, everybody in it's great. True. Sure. Sure, True. sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta finish Gargoyles first. Oh, Gargoyles <laughs> is great. And Darkwing Duck. Yeah, no. That makes and sense. OG DuckTales. I got a lot of Disney Plus watching to get all done. Alright, alright, alright. So, uh, so she sees Chance, and uh, he's getting called up to the big leagues. Uh, so she asks him, hey, can you show me around? I'll pay you $100 a day. Yeah. I'm just trying to find my dad. And he's like, sorry, I have to go on this boat so I can uh, work my money. Do Maybe next stuff. time. And then he gets on the boat and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're in arrears, buddy. You owe us $217 in union dues. And until you pay them, no boat for you. But your boat leaves at the end of the week, so you got a shot. And from here on out, Van Damme's only motivation throughout the movie is making $217 so we can get on a boat and do physical labor. (laughs) And it is a powerful motivation. (laughs) That's because Chance Boudreaux's a working man. Yeah, so Chance takes her up on it and he says, I will work for you for two days for $217. Which is... Eight dollars more than she was offering. Eight and a half dollars more a day. <laughs> per day. Yeah. But she agrees happily. Yeah. Uh, and the first thing they do is they, they, they drive out into town and they go, uh, they go... They go to the mission, which was yeah. the first place that she went and talked to the first person she talked to after the old lady. And he's like, oh... I got this shopping cart full of evidence if you want to take a look at it real quick. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you came here the other day. I got this shopping cart. And it's got all of her father's personal effects in it. Correct, yeah. So Charles is really earning his paycheck. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's earned his $108.50 today. And also we find out that everybody in town knows Chance Boudreau. Because when he shows up to the mission, they're like, Chance! And he's like, You're the nicest person I've ever met. You're so selfless and noble. Your only flaw is that you care a little too much. He does care yeah. too much. So they find a flyer for this uh, guy's place 
uh, I can't remember his name, but they go to his, his office. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, what is it, uh, like, on-the-spot advertising? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah they're direct doing... Direct advertising. Direct yeah. advertising, because yeah, they anyway. find a bunch of nudie flyers. Yeah, this guy is out. paying homeless people to hand out flyers for phone sex. Uh, yes. That's what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the flyers are to advertise phone sex. They're right. not getting paid in phone sex. No, they advertise phone sex, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what they go to his house. And hold like, on, hold on. I want to spin this uh, this speculative sci-fi script past you guys real sure. quick. Sure, okay. So you put up your memories for collateral for bank loans, gotcha. and you only get paid in phone sex. Ooh, Ooh. okay. Now oh. here's... here's God, I didn't even want phone sex when it was free. <laughs> or when it was even a thing. <laughs> I know. Like, it would... I, I, it's, it's very rare that I watch regular TV, so I don't often oh, see late-night commercials. Oh, but it is a glorious treat. But every now and then, like I watch like a like a like a Bulls game if it's on the West Coast and it's a late night game. Oh, and yeah. when the game is over and they start running the dirty commercials, they still run those ads. No, there's still ads where it's just like the nine hundred number. Yeah, and it's they're clearly were all made in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, because all the ladies have the Rachel haircut, yeah. and it's just like beautiful single ladies want to talk to you. And it's like like. Bum, 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 bum music yeah and it's like it's pitched shifted kenny g so that they can't sue him and then right. but at the end instead of it being like a phone number now it's just like is it just a website and now it just says go to this place.com oh. oh. right bummer yeah i remember back in the day uh one of them was uh uh it was 1-800 fox fuck and it was the only one. I always I know that it was the only one you could call from a payphone. Yeah, there you go. So we would call. tough luck next person that has to use this payphone. <laughs> so we would get in like groups and we would go and we would get like a phone card uh, Ooh, and yeah. like and call from a phone card and call the one nine hundred fox fuck and make prank calls to the <laughs> sex phone line. <laughs> The the one phone line that I super miss. Do you remember when you could call Freddy Krueger? Yes, yes, of course I do. Yeah. Oh man! Jeez. Bring back the Freddy chat line. Oh man! You've reached Freddy Krueger because it was advertised to children. Yeah, yeah, right. There were children in those commercials making those calls. What does Freddy have to say to Ken? Oh, no, I know what he has to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Hey, Freddy, how's it going? I'm going to haunt you in your dreams. See you I'm going to kill dreams. you when, you, when, you, when you're asleep. And when you wake up, your bed's going to spit blood. <laughs> Did you ever see the first movie? There was a very specific child-related reason <laughs> that I was killed. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, so Chance, uh, they go see this uh, big fat walrus mustache having guy. Yeah. Who is my favorite character type that you just don't see anymore. He's who, a wimpy! He is the put upon low rung of a criminal enterprise. Yeah. Like the street thugs can beat him up. His boss can beat him up. Anyone Everybody can beat him can up. Beat yeah. Him up. yeah. Yet somehow he's in a position of related to power. Yeah, yeah. he's got a mild amount of power. Right. Like if if power was measured in hot sauces, he's he's Tab- yeah he's Tabasco. Like yeah. he's all right. Yeah. But like Lance Hendrickson but, is like angry Ardvark. Yeah, yeah. Lance Hendrickson is like fucking 
hedonist last dab hot ones shit. Yeah. Which, by the way, my sister got me the hot ones hot sauces for Christmas. Ooh. So I got to try like their three like hot sauces. The classic, very tasty. It's like a, like the best version of Tabasco you've ever had. Los Calientes, their like medium one, is really good. It's got a nice heat. It's a little sweet. It's very tasty. The last dab, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like eating fire shitting fire into your mouth. <laughs> like, it's like a red fire shitting blue fire into your mouth. <laughs> it hurts so badly. Oh, nice. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds but I'm good. telling you, when the next time I make chili, just a tiny drop of that in there, problem solved. Nice. So anyways, they go see Fat Guy. They kind of ruffle him up a little bit. And like, we are looking for this guy. And he's like, uh, maybe he worked for me. Maybe he didn't. Ooh, but this is where we get the sweet, slow, zoom-in sacks. To uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme almost lighting this guy's cigar. Oh, yeah, yeah almost. But then he blows it out in his face. <laughs> to be like, Which show me stuff. tease. But God. unfortunately, uh, one of the... Lance Henriksen, the principal bad guy, has as his principal henchman the mummy from The Mummy. Yeah. He and plays he happens cleave. to be in the uh, the doorway, and he's just like, hey, what's this conversation about? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I want to be in the plot of this movie, too. Yeah, and, and so then, this gets broken up, and they and have Van Damme and Fancy Butler are just like, uh, uh, bye! Yeah. Lots the fuzz, Jesus! <laughs> and she's like, they knew where he was, clearly. And he's like, look, you got to start working smarter, not harder. Yeah. She's like, yeah, you're right. Drive away. (laughs) By the way, she's doing all the driving because he had to shamefully admit in his first scene that I don't have a driver's (sighs) license. Too many DUIs, man. Too many DUIs. Yup. They are stopped before they can get in their sweet ride by a street detective. Yes. Who tells them, uh, who says like, I'm glad I found you at this very specific place that you are, uh, that you shouldn't be at, because it's, you know, a criminal enterprise. And you gave us no contact information. Or a name. Or a phone number. No, you guys don't understand. It's the South. They were just like, where's the Yankee license plate? (laughs) But turns out, your dad's dead. Yeah, super dead. So they go... Killed in a fire. So many fires. Yeah, he was found in a warehouse on fire... They provide his dog tag, one of his dog tags, tags. and they said they had to identify him via dental records, so she's not allowed to see the body. Right. Uh, Chance is like, well, I don't know about that. Dental records, I'll be the judge of that. And Chance just... Give to me that coroner report. He just commandeers. He just gets it. Oh, being a private detective (laughs) in the early 90s, man. Again, he's not a licensed and bonded (laughs) private detective. He is a drifter. Yeah. But he's got the file, and he's got the evidence, and he's looking at the dog tag. Meanwhile, uh, back at Bad Guy HQ, Lance Henriksen, uh, the main bad guy who's... uh, He's really trying to fuck that piano. Oh, he's playing that piano so hard. He's playing this piano, this classical piece... Real hard, and while he's doing it through, through like the open part of like the Steinway, this white Steinway Elton John piano is a big mirror, and he's staring at his reflection in the mirror, giving himself fuck face yeah. while he just jams. Yeah, the, the entire motivation of the villain in this is just 
gotta find a way to come. Yeah. And the way he finds ways to come is he has wealthy industrialists pay $500,000. In 1990s money. Oh, man. Did they even have such wealth at the time? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure in the Clinton years we were jazzed because the Dow was at like 7K. Ooh, but we were right on the cusp of that dot-com bubble. Oh, good bubble. Where money just fell from the sky. Oh, I loved when money fell from the sky. It was real nice. Oh, I never got a piece so of it. Oh, good. But... Yeah, I didn't get much of it either, but there was a lot of it going around. Yeah, I got some of the copper wire when it all went boom. (laughs) (laughs) Man, but to be able to just like drive up to a house that's not for sale, talk to the owners and say, think of a price in your head. Now double it. Yeah, I'm good for it. I invented the gif of the little baby dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, that guy was on Ally McBeal. (laughs) So, (laughs) they, uh... (laughs) Oh, you I'm forgot just... it was on Ally McBeal, oh, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, then all... you remembered that there was an entire episode of Ally McBeal dedicated to... Man, that dancing baby's pretty funny. I also want a you to episode, know... A whole episode, I think it was that, the first season. That dancing baby showed up in a series of other Fox properties. <laughs> Correct. Because it was so great. It was also in all of the ads. You would be like watching... Like, oh, yeah. You'd be oh, watching yeah. like Sunday Night Football or something. Like Sunday Football in the middle of the day. What's and Ally McBeal up to, what? dancing baby? They go to commercial and be like... This Sunday on a terrifying new X Files, and in the corner, be like, "Ooga sucka, ooga sucka, ooga sucka." It was everywhere. And that was the other thing is that that baby only danced to <laughs> B.J. Thomas's version of "Hooked on a Feeling." Mark, you don't understand. I can hook my typewriter up to a TV and a dancing baby comes out. It's awesome. I'm just, the reason I started laughing before because I imagined like a guy walking into like a whole like apartment building and just be like, I want to buy this building. And they're like, who are you? And he's like, I'm the guy who did the sponge monkeys for Quiznos. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, then somebody going, oh. Because yeah. if you did that now, if like you walked, even if you walked into a Quiznos and were like, I'm the guy who made the sponge monkeys for Quiznos, they go, get the fuck <laughs> out. There was just a brief window from like 93 to about 99 where it's just like, I know how to copy and paste a PNG file. And they're like, Gah, straight to the corner office, sir. <laughs> Get this man a state suite. Tell us what the youth of America desire and we will sure. advertise to them, please. And if you had done that before 93, they would have said, Burn him! <laughs> He's a witch! Yeah, before that, it would have been sorcery. And after that, it's just like, whatever, I got an iPad. Yeah. I, I'm just... I just love the idea of, like, the Happy Tree Friends guy going and buying yeah, a whole bank. Happy Tree Friends, I haven't thought about that in years. Or the fucking Homestar Runner dudes hunting human beings in New Orleans. <laughs> God, I will say that... While doing the strong bad voice. Fuck yeah. The best thing... Oh, yeah, I'm gonna hunt you real bad right now. Oh, yeah. The best thing that the internet has ever produced in its entire existence was uh, that, like, what, 10-year hiatus of Homestar Runner... And they post their first new animation on April Fool's Day so that no one will believe you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so so they uh, Chance takes the coroner's report home with him. Oh, yeah, we, uh, Lance Henriksen, he, they, they explained 500 grand to hunt a human being 
Uh, They're all former soldiers for some reason. Correct. So that was the other thing that we that they go through is that the guy that uh, they killed. Yancey Butler's dad was like a fill-in for another guy they wanted. I believe his name is Daddy. Yeah, Daddy? it's either Papa or Daddy. Yeah. Uh, Only Jean-Claude Van Damme calls the character by these familial names. Not true. Not the true. detective also, also refers to her as a Daddy. Uh, <laughs> and it's creepy every time somebody says it. Yeah, no, they cut the uh, the, the, the the porn guy's ear off because he gave them just the bender. Low. And uh, I think they cut the whole ear off. Just the They're low. just threatening on the ear. The yeah. But uh, in any case, it's because he gave them a vet who has a family. Right. Like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a veteran with no connections. Yeah, because they want guys with combat experience, not just, like, fat slob, like, weak idiots. They need somebody who's going to put up a fight, in essence. Yeah, they don't want to chase us through the streets. Ooh, but they are strongly discounting the appeal of bumbling idiot running to Benny Hill music. Correct. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Chance goes home with his corner support that he's... His fucking evidence that he's stolen... Oh, but he doesn't even need the keen, sharp eye of a detective. A dove will give him all the clues. True facts. That's right. He, he's looking at the one dog tag in his like hotel room doorway. It's and definitely a, not a hotel. It's definitely a burnt-out, abandoned house that he lives in. <laughs> and a dove flies past him and lands on his two dog tags. And he's like, yeah, I know. They do come in pairs. So he uh, heads off to the burnt-out warehouse. It's been a day and a half since the warehouse was fire was put out. It is still smoldering. Yeah, correct. And he is digging through smoldering ashes with his bare hands yep. to try and find anything. Well, he and will he will easily <laughs> determine that and he is fireproof later in the Oh, yeah, true facts. Uh, within... Well, it's that grease. He's wearing that, like, protective flame retardant grease. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's it's what like he's got liquid on asbestos. Yeah, 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 that stuff. Uh, within 12 seconds of digging his hole into black ash, he pulls out the other dog tag, which is like, like a puncture wound in it. Yeah, from where uh, the arrow went through. Yes, and then he is attacked by goons. Goons! Oh, man, but early 90s burnt out 60 biker goons. These are clearly the goon. Like, one of them is dressed like uh, uh, Bebop before he becomes a rhino. <laughs> Yep, yep. And then the other one is dressed like uh, like Hacksaw Jim Duggan if oh, yeah. he joined a punk band. <laughs> and got older. Yeah. It's great because they look like at one point they used to be intimidating, but now it's just all belly. Yes. Yeah. Now they're just... <laughs> but they, they give him a pretty decent beating up. Well, that's because one of the guy has that stick with the loop on it that you used to capture like crazy people back in the 20s. Yeah. When or they uh, ran Charles away from... Heston yeah. in Planet of the Apes. Yeah. True, yeah. Yeah, when they ran away from their ice pick lobotomies you just right. throw that out <laughs> drag them back <laughs> uh, so they get him on that so they, you know, they kind of cheat and they yeah. beat him up a little bit then it cuts and then the next thing we see is oh no the guys tell him you gotta get out of town and you tell your Yankee girlfriend to point her tits north and drop on the gas. the gas yeah so the next they, they which mean, is a weird mixed metaphor yeah. it is Cut to Jean-Claude Van Damme has been arrested and is now being interviewed by the detectives. Yes, for being beaten up. Ooh, but he gets out of it by solving a mystery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he comes in and he's like... Can that be my plea bargain if I'm ever arrested? Your Honor, I plead guilty, 
But here's the deal. I'll make it up to you by solving an unrelated crime. Yeah, there you go. Well, they should go for that. Or maybe you could answer a riddle. Ooh, yeah. Is it man? It's, the answer's usually man. It's frequently uh, man. Yeah. This week on NBC, <laughs> Citizen Detective. <laughs> Citizen, I sentence you to ten years of... Being my right-hand man. Oh, no! Here's a badge. Solve a crime. Yeah. But you don't understand, Detective. I'm agoraphobic. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Tough break. Do it anyway. (laughs) Back when police deputizing meant you're an indentured servant now. Yeah. That was not odd. Was not, I mean, I know they made fun of it on that episode of Seinfeld where they do like the show and the judge sentences the guy to become his butler. butler. But that was a thing that TV shows did for a long time. Oh, yeah. It was such an easy way to establish a premise. Right. Yeah. Judge ordered premise. Yep. Oh, but just the idea of somebody like getting in trouble with someone and being forced to be their like servant for a period of time. Yeah. And then putting through them like, you know, a bunch of humiliating situations and stuff. Well, what are Why we can't do? we get that anymore? Mark, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna watch a TV show where three guys and a girl just have a pizza place? It was two. It was two. It's two guys and a girl. Yes. I'm not gonna fucking watch and, that. That uh, sounds dumb as hell. Young Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, young Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> and then, Ryan Reynolds, and Ryan Reynolds, and then the lady and then who was lady. later on Monk. Yeah, yeah. She was the replacement. Tony Shalhoub was in Two Guys and a Girl in a Pizza. Place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was the owner. Yeah, he was the pizza. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds oh, no. and Pete Buttigieg just worked there. That's what. That was his follow-up from Wings, where he played Antonio. After that, he could only get Italian roles. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg showed up on uh, on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia at some point, didn't he? Did he? I think he did. Oh, I mean, fat, like real Pete yeah, Buttigieg. Fake, yeah, the Pete fake, Buttigieg from yes. Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place. Yes, he was on a couple episodes. He's like the yeah. the city planner guy. Yeah, who they try to seduce, and then it turns out he's gay. gay yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Good old fake Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, but later <laughs> on, there was a third guy, and that was Nathan Fillion, who was. Uh, 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 Tony Shalhoub ladies. Uh, boyfriend Johnny. Oh and then, right! And then at the end, like they all like lived together. Yeah. They got that's rid of the was, pizza place. Yeah, yeah. Like that's why I was confused because I remember the marquee of the three guys. Right. Right. And then they, it stops being the pizza place. It is just two guys and a girl. Correct. Yeah. Despite Which, the third guy, buddy, you can't name your TV show that. Come on, it's prime time. Good back then. Yeah, I mean they didn't call it two guys, a girl, and a cup. Come on. <laughs> My proudest achievement as a person is I went through all of college having never seen that video. <laughs> I've, I've, I'll I still right haven't seen I've two, still girls, never in seen two yeah. girls in a cup. I have seen Lemon Party, which I'm not happy about, and I've seen Tub Girl. Oh, Tub Girl's and the I'm worst. And I'm not happy about and it. And that's the thing about Tub Girl. Like, you can't be worse than Tub Girl. Yeah. Don't try. Don't even. Because, like, there's a lot of gross stuff you could do, but it's not Tub Girl. No. Tub Girl is... The bar mm. of gross. <laughs> mm. It's borderline Cronenberg body horror. <laughs> yeah, no, it's terrifying. So, uh, uh, anyways, anyways. <laughs> uh, Van Damme has solved the mystery. He found the punctured uh, uh, dog tag. He hands it to the detective. He's like, uh, now it's a murder. Do you believe? And then Nancy Butler's like, <laughs> do, do you believe, believe us now? Oh, Which. You just you found just out, found Nancy out. Butler. Yeah. Just now. Yeah. So she's like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll order a new autopsy. Right. And then we cut to, like... Uh, Which, like, the body was burnt beyond recognition. 
what are you going to do second autopsy with? Because there might be like puncture holes still yeah. in the body, like in the or in the bone, maybe or in the bone or, or anything. Some of the the muscle. Shut up, John. <laughs> yeah, just because you get burned up like a marshmallow doesn't mean we can't still figure out who chopped at you. Ooh, but a stayed puff marshmallow. They stay puffed. Yeah, Correct. But they just scrape off the sides and get to the little marshmallowy center. No, no, you gotta eat the black stuff when you burn oh, a yeah. marshmallow. Sure, but if I'm doing an autopsy on a burnt marshmallow. Tonight on NBC! <laughs> marshmallow autopsy! But, Doctor, it's my son! <laughs> Your son seems to be filled with a viscous white goo. That's Gross. Johnny. Gross. <laughs> Madam, was your, was your son a marshmallow? <laughs> Tonight on NBC, son or marshmallow? <laughs> I'm Howie Mandel, I'm the son of marshmallow. We put a human being or a marshmallow in an airtight container, and you have to guess, is it a son or a marshmallow? Guess quickly, if it's a human being, it's gonna die. <laughs> Oh, but if it's a marshmallow, you get a neat prize. Yeah. It's a marshmallow. Right. <sighs> uh, so they uh, they head out now. Like everything is starting to come to a head. Uh, they they offer another uh, human hunt to this time to the 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 groundskeeper at the mission. So they send him out, and he's like, "Well, I could use this thousand dollars." So he signs up for it, and they they come up to him. It's the night of, and he's like, "Here's the deal." We're getting a money belt. There's ten grand in it. Now let's just pause here for a second. The main bad guy says, "Here's this money belt, like it's a thing." Yeah, money it, belt. It is a thing. Yeah. What for traveling? For traveling. What? It was yeah. the pre fanny pack. Yeah. No, I t- I had one when when I went to Italy because they were like Europe's full of pickpockets. That is very true. So you yeah. kept your money on a belt like under your underwear. Right, because the whole like, you'd go like my sister went had this when she went to Italy and Greece. Is you go to like a big square and there's like a guy juggling and you're like, yeah. look at that juggling. And then someone picks your goddamn. And then someone pocket. picks your fucking yeah, right, pocket. Right, So that's why you keep your shit on a money belt. The worst thing was uh, when Caitlin and I were in France. France sucks, by the way. Oh man, nice. It's I fucking hate Paris. It's like old school Quebec, right? It's so bad. <laughs> it's like pre Quebec. <laughs> oh, pre Quebec. <laughs> This one has Hayden Christensen in it. Tell uh, me more about how Paris sucks, though. Go ahead. And we take were some sitting time. on a bench because we had just made the fucking mortal mistake of trying to see the Eiffel Tower. Oh yeah. Never fucking do that. You've seen <laughs> enough pictures. It doesn't get better than that. Or just go to Vegas and see the one they have there. Right. It's nice. fine. It's just a piece of shitty fucking metal. <laughs> yeah. They didn't even finish it. You right? can see right through it. Jesus Christ. Put some aluminum siding on that for God's sake. <laughs> and really, you can get a croissant anywhere. True. I can go to Burger King and get a croissant with ham, cheese, and egg. Right now. But we were so exhausted from the sheer crush of humanity that is poured into that fucking mall where the Eiffel Tower is. That we just wanted to sit down for a second. So we found a bench just like like off the beaten path just a little bit. That was still like on kind of a busy street, but it was fine. Just to fucking catch our breath. And a guy, no joke, trench coat, trilby hat, sunglasses. Ugh. Nice. Approaches us, drops a ring on the ground, and then points to it like he just saw it. And picks it up and starts Pointing the ring at me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Clearly phase one in some sort of nefarious scheme. Yep. And I am the smallest of people. I am, I've got noodle arms and a beer gut. I am the least intimidating human being on the planet. 
But I had so fucking had it with France (laughs) that I stood up, I pointed across the street, and I yelled, Cross the street now! (laughs) Oh, man, that's golden. (laughs) Oh, it was the far and few between stories of when John Rooney hulked out. <laughs> uh, it was worth redlining the fuck out of these microphones. Oh, man. oh that's golden. Nah, you just uh, control all normalize. <laughs> oh, John, I don't do that much work. I do save. Ooh, not even save as? Nope. <laughs> There's already a file untitled one. Replace <laughs> or keep. Replace. <laughs> That's how I don't use any of the space in my hard drive. <laughs> so, all right. So anyway, France is stupid. This movie rules. <laughs> True facts. So uh, this movie, the opposite of France, they send uh, this guy out. They're like, oh, there's $10,000 in this money belt. You get to the river, you get to keep it. What happens if I don't get to the river? And then he says, you're a sports fan. You know, right? The Detroit Lions are a good pick this season? Yeah, I d- no. Like... The Detroit Lions are never a good <laughs> that pick. That is correct. There was a brief period of time from like 88 to 93 where they were an okay pick because they had Barry Sanders. <laughs> but they were not going to win. Oh, yeah, no. They had nothing but Barry Sanders. Yeah. And Barry Sanders only had two moves. Lose five yards, gain 30 yards. That was it. <laughs> and it was a roll of the dice every time. Mm-hmm. When I worked at a GameStop, uh, we had the new Madden in, and there was the Madden curse, where any course, player that yes. was on the cover of Madden... Is immediately struck by lightning. Immediately going to have an injury or just like forget how to play the game of football. Yes, yeah. absolutely and true. And this particular year, uh, it was someone from the Lions, <laughs> and our like district manager came in and was just like, I'm real bummed out. That means my Lions are going to be bad this year because of the Madden curse. And my coworker was like, yeah, because of the Madden curse. (laughs) (laughs) I bet that was Calvin, what's his name? Calvin Johnson, Megatron. One of the great sports nicknames. Megatron. Fucking Megatron. That's so rad. That's the problem. We don't get cool sports nicknames. Especially in basketball. Like Back in the day, they had great nicknames. Fucking Air Jordan, his airness. You had... Uh, Carl Malone, the mailman. The mailman. Uh, Magic Johnson. His just his name. Yeah, just is Magic, Magic Johnson. Magic. Sean Kemp, the Rain Man, but it's spelled yeah. R E I G N. Because he rained. Because he rained over you, but he was also from Seattle, where they fucking rained all the time. Yeah. And he dunked on you like rain. <laughs> oh. uh, and then of course the greatest uh, basketball nickname of all time: No Tippin' Pippin'. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but now, like, now it's just like, like, Donovan Mitchell, Spider. All right. Man. Fine. Yeah. T- Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant had a cool nickname, which was Durantula. Ooh, that's real good. That but then good. he was like, don't call me that. Oh, Man. come on. Yeah, this he's a real KD. asshole. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So this guy gets hunted now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They give him a five minute head start. Uh, fucking Richie McContract buyer uh, points his gun at him. His giant, immediately. Giant His, like, 50 cal machine gun. It has a box of ammunition bolted to the side. And a laser, and, like, an infrared, like, And, like, like a a night vision scope. It's it's very clearly, like, a a rifle you'd buy at a sporting goods store, and all of the attachments a moron could possibly be sold for that rifle. Yeah. 
Whatever Kmart employee sold that to him made a lot on commission that day. Right. Because there's a point he's about to like point it at the guy and Lance Hendrickson's like, moron, take the safety off. Well, that's later because at first he pulls the gun and he goes, this, this is, is not New- Beirut. Yeah, he goes, this is New Orleans and it's not Beirut. <laughs> Which like, harsh slam on Beirut, dude. Yeah, right? Well, this would have been like shortly after all that blowing up that happened over there. Oh, yeah, that's true. The, yeah, the, they do make mention of like, the way that we're able to run this human hunting business is we go to, like, trouble zones. So we went to Rio de Janeiro during the Carnival. We went to uh, Yugoslavia, Yugoslavia during, during the, the recent unpleasantness. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Which is like, ooh, when there was all that carpet bombing and ethnic cleansing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. no. And now they're in New Orleans during... New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the early it's, 90s. Well, I figure it's because of the cop strike. Yeah, as my guess. Yeah, And also, like, it's it's a little bit the RoboCop thing, right? Like, the late 80s, early 90s, the our cities in America were very violent That's places. That's true. Yeah. It turns out because we still didn't take the lead out of our gases. Yeah, we were still waiting for that to happen. Because like, you got to wait a generation after lead abatement. Right. Exactly, because lead poisoning, one of the main symptoms is uh, loss of impulse control. Right. Yeah. Which right. is why all of our cities were just fucking Mega City One from Yeah. <laughs> right. It's also probably going to end up being why we had 400 divorces per person <laughs> from like 1979 to 95. Uh, Patrick, I'm going to go ahead and say that was the cocaine's fault. <laughs> it could have been. Yeah. I bet those things are linked. <laughs> yeah. Huff a little gas, snort a little coke. Yeah. Huff a little gas, snort a little coke. Uh, That's uh, my favorite Frankie Goes to Hollywood song. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's on the hunt. They're uh, they they're shoot they they they're chasing after him. They go to a classic Nolene's oh, graveyard. Oh man, yeah, it's, like it's if a I really great if, chase too. If I didn't get the graveyard, it's like I'd get my money back. Right. Yeah. Even fucking Queen of the Damned had a graveyard yeah. in it. And it's a great place for it because it is a great, it's a great graveyard and there's lots of hiding places, all the above ground mausoleums. Yeah, there's everything lots of is a mausoleum because you can't bury people because all the flooding. Right, all the water yeah. will kick them up. And, the only um, bummer thing about this is this movie was filmed before Nick Cage bought his weird pyramid grave out there. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, I gotta visit that fucking thing. Well, it allows for so many things to get shot that aren't people, like all the little cherubs and angels Ooh, yeah. and stone yeah, stuff get shot where, the fuck. There's a part where the guy being hunted hides behind a cherub, and this guy points this massive machine gun, shoots the head off a cherub, it explodes, and then shows the guy who's being hunted's head, like, perched on the cherub, going, Yeah, it's it's a little Looney Tunesy. And then he runs away. They do eventually, he gets shot, like, in the kidney. And then Lance Henriksen's like, great job, now finish him. And the guy who's hunting is like, oh, I don't, I don't want to finish. I don't. I don't want to do this. No. Yeah. It turns out I conflated this with paintball. I'm in totally the wrong place. Yeah, and then right? Lance Henriksen is like, don't make me look bad in front of my dogs. Go. Which is what he prefers his motorcycle goons yeah. to. Yeah. Then the guy's like, oh, well, that's all the motivation I needed. Yeah. And bang, bang, bang. This is one of my favorite lines in the movie. This guy runs off to go kill this guy after this little pep talk. And Lance Henriksen's like, man, why didn't he just go fishing? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, this guy, uh, the guy who got shot eventually runs away and then, uh, fucking ambushes hunting guy, takes his gun from him, pumps him full of like 30 bullets and then like starts spraying and then runs away. Which to my thinking means he he won. won. Yeah. But Lance Henriksen underhand and is like, nah, we still got to kill him. 
Yeah, right? No, Lance. You've already been paid. Exactly. Because he might tell somebody. But the the agreement was for him, the fucking hunter, to kill him. Hunter's dead. Just give the man his money. He's still got to make it to the river. Buddy, $10,000 buys a lot of silence. Yeah. Guys, he's got to get taken to the river. Got to take him to the water. the water. The water. The water. So he runs out to a city street and he's like begging people to help him. And they're like, no, homeless man who's bleeding on everything. Yeah, Ted Raimi just thinks he wants change and he ain't got enough. Yeah, and he yells, I ain't got no change, man. Yeah, in like his best version of a New Orleans accent. (laughs) Which is great because it's coming out of fucking Ted Raimi. Hey, at this point, he had already like made a huge splash as a member of the cast of Sequest. Yeah. True. Here's the thing. Looking at Sam Raimi in this movie, or uh, Ted Raimi in this movie... Fucking perfect Scarecrow from Batman. Yeah! Oh, he made such a good Scarecrow. Even I could even see him as like Riddler with the yeah. glasses and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, in any case, crowded city street, they find him, they just blast him to pieces. Oh, and along with like hunt, like tens of innocent bystanders yeah. too. There's so yep. much death. Lance Henderson finally gets to come. Yeah, True, and he chases and they go home. I cut to the crime scene the next day where Jean-Claude Van Damme has fully commandeered the investigation yeah. into this people-hunting death cult. Van Damme is over the body examining it. The detectives, <laughs> the cops are milling about, smoking cigarettes, having coffees. Van yes. Ram's running prints. <laughs> yeah, the drifter now is in charge of everything. Well, that's what happens when people go on strike. No, I can't remember what gets us from here to Act 3. Oh, it's like the very next thing, because they're like, well, uh, we're going to go back to to Pornstar Guy's oh, house. Oh, yeah. Like, from here, we cut to Pornstar Guy is loading up his car to get the fuck out of town. Right. Because at this point, Lance Henriksen and uh, Arnold Vosloo are like, well, we're going to have to leave. So they Yeah, like, there's too much heat on us. Yeah, because so they... they've killed the coroner, they killed the last hunt, and now they're going to kill Porn Guy, and then they're going to be on their way. Right, they go to the coroner's house, they shoot him through the fucking peephole. Yeah. Uh, because he's he, they're worried he might like squeal. Loose end, yeah. Yeah, and now they come to kill the porn guy. So they pull up Van Damme, the detective, and Yancey Butler show up at uh, the, the porn guy's house. And they're like, just before they get there, he gets fucking shotgun blasted oh. through the window, through his face, and then out the windshield. Oh, it's yeah. good stuff. And then they pull up just a second later, and they're like, oh, no, we missed it. And then Act 3 begins. Arnold Vosloo pops out from behind the car and starts shotgunning assholes. Yeah, shoots the detective. As the detective is falling to the ground, Van Damme, like, slips in and grabs her gun lest it touch the floor. Yeah, Yeah, because otherwise you'd have to burn it like the American flag. True facts. Uh, And, yeah, this is where the movie is just like, oh, it's a John Woo movie now. Yes. Yeah. And then we get the opening scene of guys on motorcycles and <laughs> in a Ford Bronco shooting at John claude Van Damme. And what's great is that more goons keep coming around the corner in new, like, vehicles, oh, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's the like an episode of Mask. Right? Yeah. So uh, Van Damme is just handily dispatching goons. One of the guys comes by on a motorcycle. Van Damme does a straight-up jump kick yes. and kicks him off of the motorcycle. Oh, it's but good. it's not like a clothesline where the cycle keeps going. Nope. The cycle also flips over the guy's head. Yes, yeah. that's right. Because Van Damme is a superhero in this movie. Yeah. Well, because John Woo has to figure out, all right, I'm real good at, like, gunfights. Gunfights and, like... A, a, a like a specific place 
like a very good use of scene. But Van Damme doesn't look cool shooting. For the most part, no. Like yeah. the guns, I think, just look too small in his hands. And he doesn't look good with like a shotgun because right. it looks too big and weird. But he looks great kicking people. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So I gotta figure out how to do a cool gunfight with lots of destruction and cool slow-mo dodges that also open up avenues of opportunity for Van Damme to kick people. Yeah. yeah. It's genius directing on John Woo's oh, part. Oh yeah, it's Absolutely. Good stuff. This is great fights. And so like, because there, there hasn't been any kicking since like the beginning of the movie when he kicked those guys earlier. Yeah. It's been all guns. So he, he kicks that guy in the face. He tells Yancey Butler to get on the motorcycle. She's like, but I can't leave the cop. And he's like, she's dead. Yeah. And she's like, oh. Well, that's all, all right, I need. Let's go. Hop on, and they race off, and it's like a chase, and they like they're going through, and it's a, a bananas chase. Oh, it's this nuts. chase seems to operate on the logic of the taller you are, the more damage your bullets do. Well, it's like when you're a pitcher, the taller you are, the faster your ball is. Yeah, it's coming, it's sinking, down. right? It's going down. Because there's lots of times where uh, Van Dam is uh, driving the motorcycle, Yancey is behind him, and he's like. Take the bars. And she reaches around so she can steer while he stands up on the seat. Yes. To get better shooting done. Well, because then bullets are now reaching terminal velocity by going down. down, Yeah. No, that's how they get that explosive power that a lot of the bullets in this movie have. Yeah, every bullet in this movie, like all John Wood movies, is incendiary charged. Also, electrically charged. Yes. Because anytime it hits anything, sparks fly. It's super bullets. Right. And there are only two kinds of sets in a John Wu movie. Sets that are on fire and sets that are about to be on fire. Oh, and that's going to get great in I do this appreciate film. that John Woo operates by the rules of disco, where Correct. all songs are about dancing or fire, or a fire started by dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or St. Elmo's fire that was started by believing too hard. That's oh, right. Yeah, that one did get us. Man, St. Elmo's fire. Great song. Terrible movie. Yeah, not much. And of that a song movie. isn't even about the movie, right? No, it's yeah. about a paraplegic Olympian. Yeah, it's Terry Fox, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why the whole song is because the song is actually called uh, "Was It Wheels in Motion" or I "Man so. in Motion." That's man what it is. Motion, Gotta yeah. be a man in motion. All I need is a pair of wheels. Take me where my future's lying. Saint Elmo's fire. Who? I'm glad I worked that in. I'm John Parr, the lead singer of John Parr. You know he's. British? Yeah, I know. He looks like the most New Jersey fuck ever. <laughs> okay, so he has... Well, they had to come from somewhere, well, John. Hold on. <laughs> he has another song. John Parr has one other song. No, no, I refuse to believe that. No, 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 he does. And in the video, he's wearing like... And the song's called Naughty Naughty. Nice. <laughs> nice. And in the wear, he's wearing like all sorts of American flag bullshit. Yeah. And so for the longest time, I was like, oh, John Parr. Like, that's a very American guy. But if you ever watched an interview with John Parr, he's just like, hello, I'm John Parr. I'm the lead singer of John Parr. <laughs> or oh, Man in Motion. <laughs> but then the he sings. The you know to St. Elmo's Fire, the record executive looked at me and said, kid, you got a number one record. <laughs> it's crazy, because then when he sings, it's just like, I can see a new horizon yeah. up beneath the blazing sky. He pronounces all of his R's correctly. Yeah. 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 I'll it's, be where the so eagles weird. flying higher and higher. Yeah. 
He's just not enough people in England to sell records to. Correct. There's not (laughs) enough of them. You've got to sell records in America. This was also Thatcher's England, where you bartered for your records with pelts. (laughs) Sure. Well, and also at that time, inspirational music wasn't allowed in England. That's true. You were only to sing about how sad you were or how meat was murdered. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That was all, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the happiest they ever got was the Cure. Yeah, yeah. Where like, like that one Cure song per album, where like Robert Smith was kind of happy that day. Yeah, right. Like Love Cats. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you John Parr couldn't do that shit in Britain. You know what I mean? True. That's like you never had like. There's no way Stan Bush could have been British <laughs> in the '80s. He couldn't have been like, "You got the touch" <laughs> in Britain because they would just been like, "I might." Oh God! You ain't gonna touch me, mate. <laughs> I'm sad. We got Dixie's Midnight Runners and that's all we fucking need. No, 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 because Dixie's Midnight Runners were Irish. <laughs> oh, true. That's why they were so dirty. <laughs> and they could only afford overalls, apparently. <laughs> Boy, you ever see anything from their follow-up to that record where they're all in 80s business suits? Uh, only the one song, I think, which I think is a cover of a Van Morrison song. They do um, uh, Jackie Wilson said. Yeah. That's it. Weird. It is yeah. bizarre. Mm-hmm. Mm. Poor old Johnny <laughs> uh, So anyways. Yeah. yeah I fucking and love even that, that song. song. Even that song is all about like, Come on, Eileen. I can't wait to get out of this fucking town. Yeah. There's no jobs and all the unions are on fire. Wait, the first lines of the song are poor old Johnny Ray sounded sad upon the radio. (laughs) Moved a million hearts in mono. Like, it's already sad. It just happens to have that really, like, bouncy, like, chorus. And then there's, like, that little banjo thing that comes like... It's essentially, life is bad right now, but don't worry, we'll die someday. Yeah. And then someday in the 90s, a ska band will remake the song and will become mildly popular again. Yeah. I had a friend that did a semester in Ireland, uh, and she came back and was just like, the Irish are very nice, very friendly people. Obviously, they hate the English, but the only thing they hate more is save ferrets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I bought the Save Ferris album there was approximately half of a good song on there (laughs) and it was the end of their version of Come On Eileen where they do it in double time that's it that's when it really becomes a ska song yeah nice Uh, so anyways remember Crunkin (laughs) (laughs) wait 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 hold on Crumping or Crunk Ooh, I didn't know there was a difference. Yeah. I've been conflating those two terms. Because no, no, I've been using them equally. No, no, because crumping is like that dancing with Where like you're the, punching the ground. Yeah, and yeah. The, the, the big deep movements. And then crunk is like the music Lil John makes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like, boop, beep, boop, beep. <laughs> yeah! Boop, beep, boop, beep. What? <laughs> Oh, man. I'm going to do a lot of musician impressions from here on out, guys. <laughs> I'm good. on a roll now. It's going to be good. Uh, so they chase Van Damme to a closed road. Yeah, Correct, closed yeah. like overpass. Yeah. He turns around, notices that the uh, motorcycle he's on has leaking fuel from bullet holes, gets an idea. You can almost see the light bulb go <laughs> oh, over man. his head. And what an idea it is. He, he gets the motorcycle going. He leaves Yancey Butler behind. He... Let's go of it. Stands 
on stands on top of like, like surf a surfboard, yeah. yeah, like Teen Wolf on top of a van <laughs> while just emptying a a pistol a into this Uzi. Bronco that's coming at him. Yeah, right, because he's pulled it out of the satchel yeah. at that point. And then as they come together, like the van and the motorcycle hit each other, he just jumps and shoulder rolls right over top of the van and, and lands on his feet. <laughs> Only to turn around and then just start emptying the gun into the motorcycle, which then blows everything to pieces. The oh. motorcycle and truck, by the way, that are driving right at Yancey right Butler. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Oh, it's uh, great. So then he... They notice that a train is passing under the overpass, and they're like, this is our ticket out of here. Not an actual line in the movie, nope. but it should have been. It should have been. And so they jump, classic, classic 90s movie, jump off an overpass into a train. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and this is where Lance Hendrickson takes it personal. Yeah, yeah, this is where we see Lance Hendrickson's rifle pistol. Yeah, he's got this... Oh he's got the end boss of a video game pistol. Yes. It is a single shot bullet. Each bullet is like four inches long. Right. They're like fucking and thick, like 50 cal pistol bullets in a single shot flintlock pistol. Yeah, it's like if you took a rifle and then sawed off the front part of the barrel as well as the entire like wooden rifle stock and butt. Yeah. So that you just had a, a pistol left. It's like a, yeah, it's like a sawed off pistol shotgun and it fires giant super bullets that blow up whole oh, walls. Man. Yeah, cuz he beat Aztec on double O agent difficulty under the time limit to unlock the golden gun. He sure <laughs> fucking did. And that's exactly what this weapon is. It is a one-shot insta-kill. Well, yeah. too bad because by the end of this movie we're going slappers only, baby. Yes, we are. <laughs> no hot job. Oh, but so, uh uh, Van Damme and, uh, uh, they're now on foot, basically. Running through the bayou. Running through the bayou. Which looks like a very nice national forest. It probably it's is. It's very clearly the, again, like I said when we were watching, it's very clearly the suburbs of Illinois in a forest preserve in, like, Streamwood. Yeah. It's the same place where the, the train and the fugitive blew up. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. right. Uh, uh, they're even running along the same coast of the same river. But uh, Lance Hendrickson meets up with his, uh, like, his relief team. Uncle... D oh, sorry. Lance Hendrickson Yeah, meets well, up. oh, we're not yeah, there yeah, yet. We're not yeah. there yet. We'll have Lance a lot of build-up. Lance Hendrickson build brings in a bunch of other hunter guys and offers them $750,000 if they... Uh, well, no. They have to pay $750,000 to hunt. And if they make the kill, they don't have to pay something. Correct. I think they get the money back. Full. Yeah. Yeah, because this is the ultimate hunt. Ultimate right? hunt. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. No more dangerous game than Chance Boudreaux. Correct. Uh, well, but yeah, I, I'm gonna go grab a beard. You guys keep talking, but don't you dare get to the uncle. But we can't get to the uncle. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So they God, run. We've down. got the snake. We've yeah, got yeah. The they whole run through thing. the thing, and uh, and yes. but basically, Lance Hendrickson is just like, I want to be the one to kill this guy, though. I'm gonna steal all these idiots' money. So Peck, I need you to get in a helicopter and you make sure that he gets to where I can ambush him. Yeah, it's some like weird other side of the bayou. But don't you dare kill him. Yeah. So we cut to uh, Jean Claude Van Damme and Yancey are in the woods, and Yancey has decided. That he or uh, Jean Claude Van Damme tired. She doesn't want to run anymore. Yeah, uh, and Jean Claude Van Damme just says Yancey or whatever your character's name is. Natasha. 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 Do you trust me? Do you me? trust me? Then close your eyes. I can't trust you with my eyes open. Close your eyes. Yeah. And she closes her eyes. I got the beers, by the way. Yay. And then she starts to like make a kiss face, and he reaches behind her and snatches a rattlesnake. <laughs> 
Uh, she, here's the thing. This is like a python with venomous fangs and a rattle at the end. Yeah. It is a bizarre chimera snake. Especially since actual rattlesnakes are not in Louisiana Correct. at all, no. I don't think. They need hot, dry, dry. climate. Yeah, they're a southwest snake. Yeah, that's how you get snake. the rattle. Yeah. yeah. But anyways... She, like, opens her eyes when he doesn't kiss her, and she's like, oh, you didn't kiss me? Oh, no! It's all in slow motion. And then it cuts to Van Damme holding the snake by the neck. First he, he bops it on the head. Yeah, he like, gives it a little boop. He yeah. smacks it, and then he fucking punches it. <laughs> he punches it fucking right in the face. Right in the fucking face. And he knocks it out. And, yeah, and, then and, he, he, and Yancey says, uh, is, the, did you, is the snake dead? Hardly. Picks up his tail and rip bites off the rattle <laughs> like he, like he is pulling the pin out of a grenade uh. and then he says i'm going to leave a surprise for our, my friends yeah and then cut to the fucking goonie hunter guy walking down he hits a tripwire and the snake goes what <laughs> and bites <laughs> him right in the face he bites him on his like upper lip yeah it gets him good oh it's so awesome oh, that but then guy's peck dead. grabs the snake and lance hendrickson blows the fucking head off off this snake. Yeah, with this one pistol or one bullet pistol. Oh, and I love good. it because it cuts to clearly what was a plywood model of a snake exploding. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, I liked it though. So good now, plywood model. Buddy, we, uh, we cut to a moment of reverence, please. Oh, we are yeah, about no, to go and no overdrive. <clears throat> and now, we find ourselves at the moonshine still of Duvet! Introducing <laughs> Wilford Brimley. And I do have to take a little bit of umbrage with old Willie Brims. He's a moonshiner, making some moonshine so the government doesn't come and take his moonshinery away. But the way he tests his moonshine is by drinking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how you go blind. <laughs> That's how you go blind. <laughs> That's Willie how... Brims knows what he's doing. Nah. Old Duvet, he know what he'll fall, flip, fall. That is, by the way, what all of his lines sound like in this movie. Important. Every time he says, <laughs> Important safety tip: if you're ever gonna, if you're ever offered moonshine, pour a little bit into the cap, light it on fire. If it glows orange, it's good enough to drink. If it glows blue. That is way too much alcohol. <laughs> John, I have a hard time learning things if they're not in rhyme. Could you put that into rhyme for me? Uh, all right. If it's orange, you go orange. <laughs> yeah. If it. it's blue, it don't go into you. There you go. Yeah, okay. That's something. There we something. go. Let's all go out and orange. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Wilford Brimley, esteemed character actor and oatmeal salesman, is Chance Boudreaux's uh, uncle Uncle. from the bayou. And he is doing the most insane accent. Like, for a second I thought, this movie was clearly written for Nicolas Cage, this part. Because it's the only... Case in which a guy would do that accent, but it's just Wilford Brimley yep, the doing some cage and oh yeah. Uh, so the, here's they have a little thing. So they, he like dresses the wound and and yeah. uh, and, uh, and John Claude Van Damme's like, do you still have that thirty out six I left? I gave you for your birthday. He's like, no, Gatorade it. <laughs> but I got uh, no, this no, no, no. dusty fucking shotgun. <laughs> but what he really says, no, Gatorade. <laughs> but he still got the dusty shotgun, so he gives the dusty shotgun to Jean Claude. The Van dusty Damme. shotgun that is a chrome shotgun. Solid, yeah, buddy. Yeah. And Good he looking says, shotgun. 
I'll meet you in the Mardi Gras graveyard. <laughs> yes. So fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme gets a horse and goes one way and then cut two. Goon showing up at the moonshine still. Yeah, uh, one of the goons who looks like a PBA bowler wearing a bulletproof vest. Fuck yeah, he does. Uh, who's also played by LaForce from Mallrats, smoking a big fat cigar, just kicks open the door of, of Duvet's house and um, just indiscriminately with bullets. blows it away. We get an exterior shot while he's shooting bullets and whole boards, panels of the yeah. wall are being flung off. Then he comes out and he goes... But he's gone. It wasn't here. And he says, <laughs> it's clean. Yeah. Uh, but then we cut to the edge of the forest, and Wilford Brimley has a goddamn bow and arrow. <laughs> yes, he does. He's got a bow and arrow and two horses and a fucking flask. And he... He, he shoots an arrow, and it goes right past the back of Lance Hendrickson's head. So, And you see the, the wind disturb his ruffled hair. Right. Uh, and, and I thought, like... Oh no, he missed, and that's how he's gonna alert the goons to his presence, and they're gonna kill Wilford Brimley! Get out of there, Brimster! You're too valuable! But no, this arrow hits the still and immediately bursts it into flames. <laughs> Which not only sets, like, two or three bad guys on fire, it also sets a fuse, which we see goes to, like, 90 sticks of dynamite. It's, like, bundles of eight sticks of dynamite, and there are, like, seven of them. Yep. It's amazing. They get on their horses and ride off. Uh, Most importantly, Wilford Brimley gets on a horse while a slow motion explosion oh, happens God, in the it. background. The fucking dynamite goes off, Whoa. the building goes up, all the goons dive out, and then we just get the money shot of Brimley riding on a galloping horse away from an explosion like he's James fucking Bond. Oh, it's so good. So fucking good. I need a, pu- I need a mural of that fucking picture. Just that screenshot. If I, if I ever have occasion to meet Alex Ross in real life, <laughs> commission I, him. I will commission him to paint that painting yes. of Wilford Brimley on horseback, put quiver of arrows on his back, oh, flask God in his chest it. pocket, bow in one hand, reins in the other, huge fireball behind him. Oh. It's just John oh. Woo calls cut, and it's like, all right, wrap it up for the day. We're good. Uh, excuse me, I think there's a shot that we're missing from the sequence? <laughs> no, we got the bad guys dunking out of the way, we got the explosion going off, we're good. <laughs> uh, perhaps you are not familiar with how we make films in America, John Wayne. <laughs> we have Wilford Brimley and a horse. <laughs> ah, good point! Let's do it! I'm sorry, in Hong Kong, I had no access to horses of Wilford Brimley. <laughs> yeah. No, all he had was Chow Yun Fat rapping to a baby. <laughs> Oh, it's so good, though. And that oh. baby pees on him. Yeah, it's so good. so good. The only thing this movie is missing is Wilford Brimley peeing on somebody. Right? <laughs> right? While making eye contact. <laughs> You're goddamn right. Oh. So Brimley and Yancey Butler get out of there. And then uh, and, and and Lance just... Hendrickson's like, all right, pick. You gotta go get him. Don't kill him from the helicopter. Right. Just chase him with the helicopter and let's kill him at the, the ambush location. Yeah. Which is great. And he's just like, uh, all right. I just want you to know, boss, that I disagree with your decision, but it's my job, and I'll do exactly as you said. Which is, uh, that's some good henching. It's Unfortunately, foreboding, too. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, they, they specifically say, 
don't go after the uncle and the lady. Just go after Chance. He's the one we want, right? Yeah. Right. So they go after him. He leads them to the RoboCop 2 Sludge Factory, yeah. which is also home to the Mardi Gras graveyard. It's all the old oh, shitty Mardi Gras floats. And what follows is the single greatest sequence in movie history. Oh, not action movie history. Movie not 90s history. movie history. Movie history. Fuck you, all those great shots in Citizen Kane. Yeah. Suck my dick. Long tracking shot in Goodfellas. Hey, parade sequence in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Eat my balls. <laughs> because this scene right here is the pinnacle of man's cinematic genius. And it oh. starts with a great bad guy speech by Lance Hendrickson, yeah. who's just, let me tell you the odds, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, because they're all chickening out. They're like, this guy's been winning all these fights. Yeah, he goes, like, Chance Boudreaux. He has been uh, traveling on foot in open field for miles. Harassed and harried, <laughs> and now he's outnumbered 20 to 1. He is a fucking insect, and I want him killed. Yeah. And then Peck goes to enter the warehouse and says, wait, wait, wait. Are you mad at me, Peck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Peck's like, nah, because I'm a professional. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't it. get mad. Yeah, so off we go. Yep. The first goon... Enters. Oh, this is a great kill. This is a great kill. Oh, the first goon. It's two goons on motorcycles go into the warehouse and they're like scouting around. And then one of them gets off to his little spot, a spot, and he stops and he raises his visor to like get a better look around and some bird shit on him. (laughs) So he shoots up at the birds and kills a bunch of pigeons. And then when he looks back down, there's Jean Claude Van Damme. And Jean Claude Van Damme kicks over a gas can. Then kicks it at the dude's face and blasts it with a shotgun just <laughs> as it gets there to blow the motherfucker out the front door, motorcycle, and all at everyone that's still outside. It's so good. And the best part is his kill line. What he says, he goes, Hey, pigeon. <laughs> and then kicks that shit over and blows it up. Oh, so good. And what follows is a series of insane action. Oh, man. Just bonkers, bananas, uh, bordering on H.P. Lovecraft madness action. There are just like bad guys forming where bullets are going to be killed (laughs) because there's so many bullets. Yeah, it's like Van Damme is spamming a respawn point. Right? He's he's camping. And it's great (laughs) because we've got a very clean sense of scene uh, geography. Like we know this warehouse it is full of bad guys with explodey guns that make sparks go everywhere. And, oh yeah, paper mache bullshit! Yes! <laughs> Which all catches on fire and if the oh. slightest temptation, that shit's on fire. At one point, Van Damme uh, comes down oh, from he a... descends. Yeah, he yeah. descends from the ceiling on a paper mache stork. Yeah, just fucking just gunning people. Just guys down. <laughs> Uh, so Wilford like, Brimley... Like pinatas explode with this like confetti and oh. streamers. At some point we see Wilford Brimley and Yancey Butler get to like a fork in the road on their horses. And Wilford Brimley's like, like... We are gonna go this way. I see the chalet. And Yancey Butler's like, fuck that. And rides back for the, uh, for the warehouse. And Brimley goes with her. Yeah. <laughs> Muttering under his breath. It would be a good idea to go see the chalet. Yeah. So they get back in yeah. time. 
for and, this fight. And Brimley, like, right away, like, walks in and just, like, bow and arrows a guy to death. Before yeah, getting like, him. Immediately, immediately gets shot in the shin. Yeah, he gets yeah. shot in, like, the leg. And then he, like, falls down. And then Yancey Butler steals a, gu- a gun from somebody and just fucking blows him up. From oh, it's great. Fucking... It's one of the shitty, it's the shitty fucking biker dude that yeah. beat up Van Damme yeah. and burnt out. And he says, you stupid bitch. And I noticed at this point that uh, he and Yancey are wearing the exact same outfit. Oh, yeah, nice. correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which... I can see why he's upset. Uh-huh. Yeah, he yeah, put yeah. a lot of thought into it. Now one of them's gonna have to change. Can't wear the same dress. Well, the same she party. helps him change by by ruining his outfit by, by shooting him, him in the crotch. crotch. She shoots him. That, like most of the pistols in this movie are all like black Glock style pistols, and the pistol she gets for this is a solid chrome Desert Eagle. Right. It sounds twice as loud. It's huge. Oh, it's beautiful. And she shoots him like six times, dick up, dick like, up through his. <laughs> chest like trying to bisect him yeah. with bullets oh and she practically does but god damn it Wilford Billy ain't gonna have it right yeah, he says you give that to me and I kill bad guys he's like I'll take care of the bad guy you give me that gun give me that gun and she's like no and runs and he gets shot in the shins and then she throws the gun to Jean-Claude Van Damme who immediately shoots like eight guys yeah, yeah. and this oh. is where guns become an extension of the willpower of the people yeah. who wield it correct yeah. which that, is the best part in any action movie yeah the angrier Jean-Claude Van Damme gets the faster and more powerful his bullets become yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he gets a nice little mini boss fight with Pick yeah. yeah, they have a nice little like it's like face off scene where they're like oh either like both on the one side of a door from each other and they're, and they're reloading like, sh- their yeah they're guns. shooting at each other through the wall and they both run out so they go back to back against the wall and yeah they're reloading their guns as they're just like exchanging quips yeah, yeah. and then they go back to shooting each other while running down a hallway yeah <laughs> yeah Pick throws a grenade into that section of the warehouse so Jean Claude Van Damme jumps through a glass window face. First. Face first. However, then he shoulder rolled, slides under a table, and shoots the fuck out of Pick. <laughs> so, <laughs> Pick falls over front ways. Jean-Claude Van Damme stretches his leg over his shoulder to, like, catch, catch him, him. Yeah. with his boot heel, lest he fall and touch the ground. Wait, right. wait. One single dainty grenade drops out of his pocket, and he catches it. Yeah, yeah. and he's got the one grenade now. Uh, which he wraps up he wraps, in his shirt. Yep. Like he's going to use it as a fucking he like does. bolo. Yeah. yeah. He beats the shit beats out, of the out of a guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. He's punching him with it. It's like a pair of brass knuckles. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, so he's got a little tete-en-tete with the uh, with the boss. Lance Henriksen yeah. is the only man left standing. Yeah, well, at this point, Lance Henriksen takes an arrow out of somewhere and stabs Wilford Brimley in the he chest. He takes it from Wilford Brimley's like, backpack. He just gets it right from behind him. I think him. so. Yeah. Or, it's then, from, or he took it from the, the crossbow shotgun that the guy yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. Because you case, see it being loaded earlier. Brimley technically goes down, and then he takes the Nancy Butler by the hair, and we've got the hostage standoff. Yeah. So he's got the girls. Oh, like, and uh, the entire warehouse is on fire. Correct. Oh, man. Everything is burning. Well, like eight grenades have gone yeah. off in yeah. this paper mache warehouse. And uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme taunts Lance Hendrickson a little bit from the mystery of the fire, because he doesn't have eyes on him, and he's just, how does it feel to be the one who is haunted? And he's like, I don't know. You tell me. You would know better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're they're having their face off and, and Yancey Butler's like, just shoot him, Chance, it's okay. And Lance Hendrickson 
goes, he, 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 he can't... He picked the wrong tool for the job. Yeah, if he, yeah. Tries to, if he kills me, he kills you. Because, yeah, all he's got is a shotgun and the spread on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially that's, from that's that distance. Good. Yeah, so he, he... So Lance Hendrickson turns to Yancey and says, Load me! Oh, <laughs> so gross. No, no, he goes... Load me. But all I could uh, think of was when Martin Short was on Arrested Development. Launch me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he, meanwhile, Van Dam like pumps out all the bullets out of a shotgun. He's like, put it down, and she reaches over and like, very slow and slow motion, sensually like, hands over bullet belt, daintily pulls out yeah. one bullet, and then like, well, it's his last bullet. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. like, drops it. Perfectly into, into the, the gun. gun yeah. And as soon as she lets go of the bullet, Van Tam just fucking Running. trucks and sprints at him. He gets the thing closed, open, closes up his gun, raises it. Van Dam jumps from, I'm going to say about 45 feet away. Oh, yeah, no, he going, he's going from the free throw yeah, line. And he does a fucking Liu Kang super kick yeah. from across the warehouse and kicks Lance. Lance Harrison gets a shot off and shoots him in the leg. But Van Damme straight up kicks him so hard in the face, his parts of his brain come out of his yeah, mouth. Right. <laughs> However, he then hops up and picks up a burning board. And we yeah. get a pretty good fight. Yeah, yeah he kicks the crap yeah. out of Jean-Claude Van Damme with that burning board. Until Jean-Claude Van Damme gets just angry enough to become fireproof. Yeah. Right. And then he because just grabs the board. He grabs the board in the middle of the fire. Yeah. And then there is a long, slow pan up his bulging bicep. Oh, so bulging. Up to his face. So bulging. And they, they get another, like... Uh, that bicep is throbbing. <laughs> they get another verbal spar yeah uh where lance hendrickson is just like look i don't get it you didn't know any of those people like you're not related to these people in any way like what is what why are you doing this why do you ruin my day and instead of saying because you're a fucking murdery piece of shit dude who came after me dude he says instead great line poor people get bored too (laughs) Fucking he, hell, yes! And then he punches the shit out of him with a grenade and then pulls the pin and drops it into his pants. And then, like, drills him into, like, a big... No, no, he headbutts head him. Headbutts him, that's 30 right. feet away. Headbutts him. Uh, Yancey and Jean-Claude get out of the blast radius. Uh, but, oh no, Lance Hendrickson reaches down his pants to pull out the grenade, unscrews the top to remove the fuse, and he says, ha-ha! But then the fuse goes off anyway. And then it it's sparks. Still, it's just close enough to still go. <laughs> it sparks and he goes, he goes, ha ha! Oh! And Boom. then blows <laughs> Oh. And then I want to tell you something. We get to, they've like run and they're on Wilford Brimley. And it turns out he's still alive. Yes. He stands up. The only thing, it turned out is his, uh, his flask took the air out. His, and he goes, it's it's a little real tragedy. Little, real catastrophe. It's a catastrophe. And then, and this is what makes this movie fucking golden. Fucking golden. CCR, born on the bayou, credits, baby. Done. Done. I was just a little boy, (laughs) running down the backwood, bam. And the credits roll. Credits, man. There's no final kiss. There's no final, like, anything. It's just done, baby. CCR, (laughs) born on the bayou, we are out. We have to assume that Jean-Claude Van Damme gets enough money to get that boat job? I mean, one hopes. She owes him at least $215. He might have to scrounge up the other two <laughs> bucks somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but no, I feel like he's earned it. Yeah. 
I mean, it's not all the way through the second day yet. Yeah, you got right. Your he still has like <laughs> three hours of work to do. Yeah, right. He's gonna have to go home and detail her car or something. <laughs> He's got some filing. <laughs> uh, chance, chance. I I really appreciate what you did for me yesterday. That, yes, that was no that was problem. very good. Uh, you're doing a great job cleaning the Thank car. You. I love it. Real quick question though: Is that turtle wax though that you're using? Yes. Ooh, because that's a brand new car, so that's actually just stripping the finish off? Interesting point. Counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Like, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but just, uh... Just don't use the turtle wax anymore, please, okay? Okay, but only because I need that $217. Uh, two ten. all right. <laughs> oh, you got me. Da, 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 da. <sighs> down on the corner, <laughs> down in the street, Willie and the poor boys are playing. Bring them at the feet. I, you know what? I always, whenever someone brings up uh, CCR, I'm always just like, Meh, I don't know that fucking cheesy dumb band, whatever. Uh, but uh. then I remember, oh wait a minute, they did all the good songs. Yeah, they literally. were they were in essence the American like Beatles in popularity terms. Yeah, yeah. like they I mean they they didn't hit a much smaller like reference point of music. Yeah, like they weren't as as, as eclectic, but they had so many great songs, oh, man. man. Oh, run through the jungle. Yeah, fucking solid band. Oh yeah, man, real good. The problem with CCR is. Because they're so like blatantly American, and because they wrote the anti-Vietnam song, they wrote, "Unfortunate yeah. Son," That's unfortunate oh, and it gets hear. used yeah. in Everything. every goddamn movie and a lot of commercials. And, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. everywhere. Yeah, that was that was my favorite. Was uh, I think it was a Ford commercial that used "Fortunate Son," <laughs> and uh, yeah. they cut uh, out the song right before they get to, and then they turn them cannons on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, John, I believe it's. Ford Tunit Sun. <laughs> and it's gonna bring us a two bullet points. Pew pew! Bullet points! And our very first bullet point is Body Count. Body Counts. John, what do you think the body count a hard target is? I'm gonna tell you right now, it's probably lower than you think. Twelve. It was definitely higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> no hands. I'm going to give you a chance to up that if you want. 23. Okay. Patrick, what do you think the body count of hard target is? Uh, I was going to say 25 the whole time, so this isn't <laughs> even like a Price is Right thing. Ooh, taking the coward's way out. 25. Oh, right. He basically did the adding $1 to your bid. <laughs> yeah. The winner is Patrick. Of course. It's 38. Nice. Yeah, it's a little bit more than you'd think. Yeah, yeah. Because it's all small batches of hunters. Yeah, yeah. And it's all goons. Like, yeah. almost the entire movie is nameless goons. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I was thinking. I was like, all right, 20 goons at the end plus two homeless guys. Ah, and one snake. And one snake, yeah. <laughs> no, that snake lit. No, it gets its head it blown gets off. It gets its head blown off. Oh, no, that snake gets its head blown off. Forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, no. So that's going to take us to our next bullet point. Best kill. Best kill. Patrick, what do you think the best kill of Hard Target is? Uh, I know this is hard. Well, excluding the one that I already went over with the gas can. Sure. (laughs) 
you know, I'm actually going to go with the the death of the Afrikaner, uh, Arnold Vuslu. Vuslu, yeah. Yeah, because you get the the jumping through the window from the grenade blast with the shoulder roll under the table. It's got the stealth action. And then it's two pistols unloaded into his chest. Yes. No, it's very satisfying. And even Arnold Vuslu kind of stands there for a minute and is like, oh, fuck, I'm full of bullets. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopsie. Yeah. Mondays, am I right? (laughs) John, what do you think the best kill in Hard Target is? Uh, during the motorcycle van chase, Ooh, sure. Okay. Uh, there's a great moment where Jean Claude Van Damme almost like jousts with another motorcycle. Yes. And in the background of the shot, there's a stack of cardboard boxes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, yo, Hard Target, what's good with them boxes? <laughs> what's going on with those boxes? Uh, but then Jean Claude dis uh, dismounts the the motorcyclist from his motorcycle. Yeah well away from the boxes. And I'm like, oh, I guess that was just like a weird detail. Strange he didn't use the boxes. Oh, how foolish and naive I was. (laughs) Jean-Claude Van Damme turns around in the motorcycle, fucking guns it straight for the goon, hits him right in the crotch. Yep. And then bucks him off of the motorcycle. (laughs) With a wheelie. With a wheelie. Into the boxes, (laughs) which then explode. (laughs) Oh, movie, I was wrong to doubt you. Check off boxes, baby. Oh, and they explode when Van Damme is driving away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're on a timer. They're on a delay. Uh, Mark, best kill. I, you know, I gotta go with gas can kick into explosion and face. Oh, it's so, it's got such art to it. So good. (laughs) Like, he says, hey, pigeon, after a pigeon poops on a guy. And then he. It's all in slow motion. He fucking Pele's that shit in the air. Yep. And then Chuck Norris Roundhouse kicks it across the fucking room. And the whole time the guy's just like, oh. And then he shoots it with a pistol. And shotgun. It, yeah, shotgun. And blows him 50 feet out of goddamn yeah. wall. Oh, and it's so great because you see fuel leaking out of the gas can and you're just like all right how's that gas can gonna explode right i thought like he was gonna like roll it over and, and then, then like, light it on hit the ground yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a thing. oh yeah, no, boy that's not but we were all wrong because we're not john woo yeah. correct under the guidance of sam raimi <laughs> so that's gonna take us to our next bullet point now normally here we would do war crimes however because this movie's kind of a small scale and because it has some red fucking weapons. We're gonna go best weapon. Yeah. Best weapon. John, what's the best weapon in Hard Target? Whew. That is a very difficult question. I am gonna go ahead and say the all chrome shotgun. Sure. In Act that Three, it's a good one because it's got the dust at the beginning, which is a cool fucking visual. I'm always down for when a movie just has a billow of dust coming off a thing, especially slow motion like fairy dust. Yeah. Dust. Well, then yeah. it gets shined up real good, and it's like fucking. I don't see a shiny shotgun that often. Nope. Nah. Uh, and yeah, it has just incendiary, like, spark rounds throughout the entire rest of the movie. Also, it holds, like, 50 shells. Yeah. Ooh. And, guys, we have left out the punctuation of shotgun gas can kill. After the kill is successful, and Jean-Claude Van Damme knows that his quarry has been hunted, he fucking T-800 
cocks it. Yes, <laughs> you're so right. You're he so left. right. He Sarah Connor one yes, hand cocks that one. shotgun oh, in slow motion. Oh. Yeah. oh. Yeah. It's really good. And here's yeah. the thing. I, guns in real life are bullshit and evil, but guns in movies, oh, the clicking and the clacking. <laughs> Give me some more clicking. And this, this movie, shotgun has so much clickety clacks. There's, uh-huh. there's a scene where all the Goody Hunter guys show up at the Sludge Factory Mardi Gras graveyard, and they open up the trunks, and there's like two straight minutes of click, 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 and it's the most satisfying thing in the world. That's my ASMR. Yeah, right. That's the shit I fall asleep to. Forget your whale sounds. Forget your rain. Just give me clickety clacks all day long. Those are my lo-fi anime beats to study to. Yep. Patrick, best weapon. Oh, I'm going with Lance Henriksen's single shot rifle pistol. (laughs) Fuck, it's got unlimited range. You can lean it over your bent elbow if you want to. It blows shit up when it strikes. Oh, it's such a good pistol. His gun does have like combat stances. Yeah. Right. Because he'll shoot from the hip when he's angry and he needs that extra power. But yeah, then he'll like don it over his elbow when he needs to do like a sniper shot. Like an old school duel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oh, I love that thing. Also like, and I know this is is old timey, but I love that wood paneling. Oh, Oh, it's like an 80s Chrysler. So good. <laughs> it's like an Atari. Yeah. yeah. It's like back when a TV was part of your furniture. Yeah. I, it's clearly the Eddie Bauer edition of whatever that <laughs> gun is. Right. I desperately want wood paneling to come back into style because I want my technology to look like it is uncomfortably birthed forth <laughs> through the husk of nature. <laughs> I want some of that video drone shit. I'm Hell like, yeah. yeah! I need no, the I'm new in. flesh. I'm in. I'm in. Oh, uh, Mark, best weapon. Uh, I gotta go to the shotgun that shoots big metal arrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because hey, you know that saying: you're never lonely when you got a shotgun that shoots big heavy arrows. Because <laughs> it is—it's a straight-up sawed-off chrome shotgun that you load. What are basically the harpoons from Jaws yeah. in? And you Smile, fire them, you son of a bitch. And you fire them at ungodly, close to speed of sound. Yeah, yeah. There's good Sam Raimi insert shots every yes. time an arrow is and fired. And every time one of those metal arrows is fired, there's a close up on an arrow going, <laughs> and then a closer close up of it going, yep. and then it pulls back a little bit, goes, <laughs> and then you see it bust out through a guy's face. Oh. It's so good. Honorable mention to Wilford Brimley's old school analog bow oh, and arrow. No, no. <laughs> Honorable mention to weapon that is Wilford Brimley. Oh. Yeah. He's dynamite. He's moonshine. He's old timey arrows. He truly is the most dangerous game. <laughs> yeah. Hey, though, where he gonna live? That that shack. Man, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you where I live. I will where we're under buy with them gator. That shack was made out of leftover pallets. <laughs> there is no way he can't put that back up pretty quickly. I guess you're right. It did not look like it had a lot of indoor plumbing. No, no, no. I also appreciate that it was on stilts in case it floods. Yeah. yeah, of course. Very smart. Oh, yeah. Got it in the bayou. Yeah, got it in the bayou. That's just very. It's a nice detail that Man. they got there. Man. That's all. So that's gonna take us to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? John, I hate to even ask, is it Heart Target an action movie? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> 
Patrick, is hard target an action movie? I think the question here is, is hard target the action movie? It's gotta be up there. Damn! So good! So little waiting for things to happen. So many great things happened when things happened. Oh, and all of my favorite actors. Man, the mummy guy, Lance (laughs) Henriksen, Wilford Brimley. And I think that is what ruined John Woo when he finally broke stateside, is that he kept getting... Like, it worked brilliantly with Face Off. But then you got your paychecks. Yep. Yeah, you, know you keep getting I mean? these marquee names in. Exactly, and they just, like, I don't know, man. They bring too much of themselves into the movie. And it right. just, like, it doesn't feel like his thing anymore. Is Paycheck Gibson? Is that him? No, no it's uh, ben, Affleck. ben Affleck. And Uma Thurman. Yeah. I'm going to try to thinking... not throw up in my mo- mouth there. Payback th- or something? You're thinking Payback. Payback. Pay Different, yeah. Yeah, okay. Or Ransom. Or Give me back my son! Yeah. Yeah. Or conspiracy theory. It's Jimmy Shaker Day. <laughs> Give me back my government. <laughs> Get out of my cap. <laughs> Fucking that movie in the Revolutionary War. I don't uh, remember what it was called. Patriot. Oh, Patriot. Yeah. The yeah. Patriot. The Patriot. Don't try on me. <laughs> We're doing a dynamite Gibson right now. <laughs> Braveheart. Deep fry all my hamburgers! <laughs> Mad Max. Ah! <laughs> Road Warrior. Oh! Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> Lead the Weapon. Oh. Lead the Weapon 2. <laughs> Lead the Weapon 3. <laughs> Lead the Weapon 4. <laughs> Man Without a Face. No sound, because no face. No face, yeah, no, obviously. I thought, yeah, that's right, he is in Man Without yeah, a Face. He's the he's man, without man without the face. He was also in, what was, what's going on? What was that movie uh, with, uh, I think it was Jamie Lee Curtis, where he's like the test pilot who Captain America's and is frozen for like 50 years. Oh, and then Elijah shit. Wood meets him in his treehouse, but then he like slowly <laughs> turns into an old man. I think yeah. you're profoundly misremembering Encino Man. No. <laughs> No, because that wasn't Elijah Wood. That was Sean Astin. Different Hobbit. <laughs> Forever Young, that's what it's called. Okay, okay. It's a real movie. <laughs> I don't. I you do don't. not believe you. <laughs> it is. That, you know what? We're watching that next time. Oh, no. no. Mark, is this an action movie? You're goddamn right it is. Fuck yeah. This movie is full of action. There is surprisingly little like bullshit in this movie uh and when it ramps up for the third act in the middle of act two yeah it is unrelenting and amazing uh Uh. so that's gonna take us to our final bullet point no it's just gonna take us to our final reviews of hard target john guns akimbo eyes clear can't lose patrick oh i need more of that brimley mark this is the day that Hard Target becomes my favorite Van Damme movie. Oh, <laughs> to nice. this point, to this point, Bloodsport was number one. Oh, that was wrong. But today, today, Hard Target reigns supreme. I think you actually mean. Born on the Bayou. No, no, no. Born on the Bayou. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> 
episode of Body Counts of Beer. Uh, I'm John Fogarty. <laughs> I'm Tom Fogarty. Ooh. I think gonna... he's the one that dies. Tom Fogarty is the brother who uh, was like, I don't want to play rhythm yeah. guitar anymore. Yeah. And John Fogarty went, fine, I'm taking all my songs with me. <laughs> yeah. And then Tom Fogarty was like, fine, now we're Creedence Clearwater Revisited. revisited. <laughs> and I'm the water. Oh, black water, keep, keep on, on rolling. Mississippi Mississippi oh, keep shit, on they that no, that's uh, the Doobie Brothers, yeah, I think. But what's gonna say? Definitely the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, but you de- you, were, you said water, and I gotcha. just led me to that. Yeah, we we could have gone Proud Mary. I love the Doobie Brothers. Oh, the Doobie Brothers are great. Uh, recently elected into the Rock and Roll of Fame this year. They're gonna oh, be yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know me, but I'm your brother. Yeah, that happens hey. in the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, man. That's when they become Steely Dan light. Yeah, they do. Ooh. They do. They have a weird storied <laughs> career. Yeah, because they started as like biker rock. Yeah. And yeah. then at some point, like the main singer of the band like gets sick and can't sing anymore. So they go to Michael McDonald, mm-hmm. who was in a, just a backing vocal for Steely Dan. And they're like, hey, do you want us to be the like, singer for our one album? And he's like, yeah, okay, guys, yeah, no problem. <laughs> and then he came in there and was like, he came from some... Where back in long ago. <laughs> yep. Wrote that shit with Kenny Loggins, and then the rest is history. Yeah, buddy. Nice. A sentimental photo sheet. I was trying to fade out, but anyways, that's the end. Goodbye. Please support our Patreon. We owe a lot of money to ask Cap. Don't have a Patreon. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Cocoon Bromley. John Cocoon 2, The Return, Rooney Taylor, and Mark Cocoon 3, The Revenge, Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, I don't know, wherever you get your podcasts from. We're probably there. Give us a rating. Leave us a review. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us. Please email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.